everywhere. My name is Jay. I'm Andrea. And this is the Disney Plus Us podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Disney Plus streaming service. But not only will you get news here, and not only will you get our witty, witty banter that will surely lighten your day, but you will also hear our reviews on animated movies. We are watching every single Disney animated feature released in theaters, starting at the very beginning and working our way through. We are currently in the 1980s with... Oliver and Company. And major apologies. Last time, I got you all excited saying the next movie was Little Mermaid. I jumped the gun a little bit. Like... People were knocking on our door saying, Little Mermaid already? They're like, that's not the next one. <laughs> no, actually, we just checked the list and we're like, oh, oops, there's one more. So today is Oliver and Company. Oliver and Company. A delightful movie, I'm sure. Not Little Mermaid. Not even close. But first off, I got to say, my wife, how are you doing? Oh, how am I doing? Well... <laughs> Still uh, working from home, still mostly spending time at home. Uh, It's been a lot of home projects, a lot of cleaning. I've gotten a little stir crazy this week. That happens. How about you, Jay? You know, I have been doing pretty good. Wait, real quick. I've noticed your sticker, uh, paint by sticker, growing a lot. I see Weird Al. I see Prince. I see the Beatles. Uh Is that Whitney Houston? I think. I think that's Whitney Houston. I'll have to go check the. It's it's hard to tell with sticker art. Oh, sometimes. they don't tell you. Um, I think they do, but I'd have to go check the book. Uh, ah, yeah. I got it. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah, I've been doing uh smashing as as normal. We've been doing some garden work. Smashing. Smashing. It's a British term meaning excellent. Oh, you've been doing smashing. Smashingly. Okay, yeah, I just pictured you like out smashing things <laughs> and uh, i'm like what have you smashed and you where is americans it? <laughs> 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 well i'm glad to hear you're doing well yeah d- just doing good and there's always new hobbies and new books i'm reading uh the the latest non-disney thing i've uh checked out is an anime film called like a whiskers Hail or whisker away or what it's a netflix anime all about cats and humans and the ability of this girl to become a cat and a cat to be a human and the the swap can become permanent netflix netflix jay this is not a netflix podcast <laughs> uh, no. um anyway <laughs> Sorry if I alienated anybody that's so pro-Disney they can't understand. Can't enjoy Netflix. There can only be one. There can only be one. Um, Should we get into the news? Sure. Why not? Let's do it. Oh, boy. Jay and Andrea are going to talk about the news. 
Okay, it's news tacking time. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Well, Mulan obviously is the biggest thing ever to, to happen. Yeah, which uh, we kind of talked about that last time. It, we did. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just getting closer. It, it's getting closer. Yeah. But there's new twists coming. Like people are like, yeah, I could pay the $30 now or I could wait for it to become free. And so now there's a lot of quote unquote rumored or fake or leaked dates of when Mulan will become free on Disney Plus. Oh my gosh. For those who are like, I don't know if I want to spend $30 on this. Wait until December. That's when they say. Is that the official date or is that the leaked internet rumor? Leaked internet rumor, of course. Disney's going to do it whenever they dang well please. Okay. Yeah. And they may not, if they catch on, they may not do it either. They may be like, well, if everyone's just waiting for that, then we're not going to make our money back. Exactly. It's all about the money. It is all about the money. The money. It is. The sweet, sweet money. Oh, man. That's what it is. (laughs) Um, But there's actually, and this is cool, I have some news about Disney Plus, the service itself, the streaming platform, the UI. You get in with the remote, you select stuff. They have added the function that a lot of people have been clamoring for, Mm -hmm. and that is called an episode tracker. And episode tracking is a service. It's a essentially... Imagine a thumbnail of four episodes of The Simpsons and you watched the first two, you'd see a full blue bar under the first two. And then on the third one, it'd be halfway full because you stopped the third episode halfway through. Okay. And then the fourth one has no blue bar. Because you haven't watched it exactly, at all. Okay. so now you know where you are in the series, what you watch, what you haven't. Even if you like to skip around, you can keep track and come back. I like it. Yeah, yeah so that's helpful. A nice little little bonus. Um, is that officially on now, or yeah. that's being added no, soon? Just log in and and track away. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. And the last bit of news I have is the movie The Wolverine, which, if I remember, was a pretty hard R mm-hmm. uh, about Logan, the X-Men Wolverine guy. I can't keep all these the Wolverine movies straight. I know there was oh. Logan. Oh, yeah. I know they made a couple of Wolverine movies. X-Men, they jump like all over the timeline, so I can never figure out where on the timeline things are happening. It just gets so confusing. So this is in that same universe, focused on Hugh Jackman and his Wolverine. I think this might be the goodbye swan song to the character, Wolverine. Yeah, right. You know they're going to make like 10 more. They'll just jump back in the timeline. Yeah, possibly. Okay. But that's coming September 4th, same day as Mulan. Interesting. And D2 and D3. So, you know. That's right. We need to do our Mighty Ducks party. Oh, it's going to be just, it's, you're going to remember it for the rest of your life. For the rest of my <laughs> life. <laughs> That's not building up expectations at no, all. I mean, it? whether it's good or bad, <laughs> I'm going to make it memorable. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, but speaking of memorable, I have 
and this is a total curveball because I refused to show me the the show you the show notes. That's right, you did. And it was Andrea was like, "Jay, show me the show notes. I'm not going on without him." And then I'm like, "No." And then you're like, "Then I stayed in my trailer for exactly you know hours." Your makeup person was like knocking on my door. I know, I know. So and I am doing this completely blind right now, people. The, this is, <laughs> I have not had hours of preparation like the other times. <laughs> this is just a testament to Andrea's gumption and uh, spitfire attitude. Okay, okay. So what's the surprise? Okay. Well, <laughs> here we go. This surprise comes... With a actual prize, if Ooh. if things go well for you, oh yeah, uh, and the prize is I J your husband mm-hmm. will take over cooking one meal that you may or may not have to cook at any moment. You can say Jay, I want you to cook tonight. I'll do it. Wow. That's a nice price. And that even comes with dishes. Oh, okay. That's a really nice price. Steaks are high. Yeah. But the twist is... Can it be a meal of my choosing or it has to be something you decide to make? I can just say, I want you to cook. You can't say like, I want a fried lamb shank with mushroom. I've got to know what it is. We do have a planned meal. We, we do have meal plans, yeah. Or, you know, it could be another uh, something comparable, but nothing okay. just exotic. Like, I want to, I don't know, owl sushi. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Which I should tell our listeners, I did make breakfast sushi this morning. Oh, you should have let off with that I instead know. of I work, I work, I work. <laughs> I know. Well, it was work too, but I made oatmeal. And that was my base. It was like rice. And then I cut up a bunch of fruit and granola and yogurt and rolled it up sushi style in the oatmeal and sliced it. It worked. Like it the, actually the, worked. The, the oatmeal <laughs> stayed in sushi shape. It was, I was impressed. Yeah. We I, added yogurt and granola. It was, ah, wow. It turned out pretty good. It was a good breakfast. I was proud of myself because I didn't get that idea from anywhere. It came out of the old noggin. Right out of the old. Yeah. Chrome Dome, yeah. I guess. Okay, so I know my prize. Yes. I still don't know what's happening here. Or how you're going to get there. Yeah. Okay. So, it's no secret. I'm, I'm pretty sure the entire world knows. Beauty and the Beast is your favorite Disney movie. The animated Yeah, movie. I'd say that's probably true. I have... Despite hobbled. the obvious issues with like Stockholm syndrome and all that, we're ignoring that and and saying, yeah, we still like it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you for the amendum. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so I have scoured the internet and strategically put together a quiz covering Beauty and the Beast. There are four questions of this. Is this a knowledge quiz? It is a knowledge quiz. Okay. Bring it on, man. All right. You have four questions. In uh-huh. the event of a tie, I win. Okay. And if I win, I guess stakes are pretty low. I guess it's business <laughs> as normal. The prize 
The price has been stated. Okay. All right. So your first question. What is the name of Bill's horse? Philippe. That is correct. Yes. You have one point. All right. Moving on to question two. Uh-huh. What does the old woman in the prologue want in exchange for the roses? Mm. Okay, I have to go through the song in my head. I know the lady with all the babies needs six eggs. Um. Oh, gosh. Little town, it's a quiet village every day, like the one before. Little town, mm-hmm. waking up to say bonjour, 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 bonjour. There goes the baker with his tray, like always. Same old bread and rolls to sell. Good morning, just the same. Good morning, now I came to this poor provincial town. Good morning, Bill. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to start counting down from ten. Um. Nine. Eight. Six pence. That is incorrect. Okay. I'm sorry. She wanted shelter. Oh. Yep. I'm sorry. So that is. For roses? One uh, rose. She offered one rose in exchange for shelter. You said roses. That was very misleading. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll still call it one to one. Uh, What color is the beast cape. It's red. Incorrect. What? The beast cape is blue. What kind of quiz is this? Blue has blue tones. What? It's the Beauty and the Beast quiz. I want to redo. <laughs> okay. So it's two to Jay, one to Andrea. Not looking great. You're asking... Roses? <laughs> okay, okay. The final question, and we will tie on this. Mm-hmm, if I get it right. And so I guess in the event of a tie, maybe we'll have to thumb thumb war right now. Or we'll do rock, paper, scissor. No. What? No? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right. What? All right. The first five questions uh, are all about the song Bell. Fill in the blank. Oh, sorry. I copied this from the internet. Mm-hmm. Fill in the blank. There goes the baker with his tray, like always. Uh, the same old blank and blank to sell. Bread and rolls to sell. You have choices. You could oh. do bread and buns, rolls and buns, bread and cakes, bread and rolls. Bread and rolls. You are absolutely answer. Absolutely correct on that okay. one. Congratulations. <laughs> but now it is a tie. So didn't we decide in cases of a tie it just reverts back to normal? Yeah, I guess it's back to normal. Okay. Better next better net better luck next time. <sighs> that que- that rose question was very misleading. I know. I don't know because I've only seen Beauty in the she Beast. She has like. a single rose. She doesn't have a bunch of roses. I didn't even know you were talking about her. Maybe I... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like the lady with the roses. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bell. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, funny. Well, another week of normal. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's get into it. Oliver and company. 
Mm-hmm. What do you know? Where have you been? How's okay. your head? I did not see this as a child. I didn't either. But I did see a commercial for it on a videotape for another Disney movie. And I saw it multiple times. Because I remember, like, almost word for word the commercial, including the fact that Billy Joel did one of the songs. You're kidding. Yeah. Wow. So that's all I remember from this movie is the original songs, the unforgettable cast of characters, and, this, like, one line of song from Billy Joel. But then I never saw it as a kid. So I as think an, I, I think as an adult, maybe I saw it once. Okay. But I don't remember much. For me, it's a blank slate. You haven't I, seen it? I don't all? remember almost, I don't remember anything. I don't think I've seen this. Ah. Which is kind of a little intimidating. Okay. Maybe new. Maybe yeah. there's a reason this is like the Black Cauldron where this is. <laughs> there's a reason that this was not one of the the well-known ones. But we'll find out. We'll find out. So, my darling wife, I must ask you, are you in the mood for some improv? Yeah, I think we could do an improv. Okay. Um, just for the sake of it, I have prepared a statement. I will be Bucky, and you can be Oliver. Okay. All right. Oliver. Am I a human or a cat? A cat. Okay. All right. Oliver, the street cat, wakes up with amnesia only minutes before he's supposed to go on stage to perform in front of a packed house of other various cute animals of very high stature. This is like a bad dream. And well means... That will pay to bail out the failing theater if the performance <laughs> is good. His friend Bucky, a sheep with no confidence, has to help him through the performance. Meow. 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 And scene. Meow. Our lights up. Ollie. Ollie. What? Huh? It's, we, we're on in like 10. On? Yeah. On uh, on Wait. for what? This is showtime. What? This is the big moment. What? what? But, You're the lead. But I don't remember anything now. Oh no! Oh, <clears throat> oh, I wonder if we can get you to costume in time. What's that? Uh, I don't uh, think we can. Wait, can can is there uh, an understudy or something? Meow. Uh, I don't know. We we the, we are our company's failing. What? And this is our show. Like, there's uh, all these people uh, out there. Um, Long story short, we got to do this. Okay. There's what, no time. What's the, what's the character? You're what's cute? my story? Just let's wing it. What? <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> okay. And you enter into a stage setting that the house is quiet. The house lights are down. And the the performance has already begun. You've hit your mark. And uh, the set makes it look like uh, it's a New York, New York street. There's a dark alley and there's a, a pianist that is a like a cute Bambi deer playing <laughs> the, the piano. Oh. <laughs> Boy, I just love New York. 
And I. And then Bucky with wide eyes comes over on stage. I think. I think I need to hear a song. Oh, meow. Meow. Meow, 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 meow. And then the piano perfectly mimics your meowing. Meow, 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 meow. Audience members' eyes start to tear. Meow, 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 meow. Bucky is shaking, scared in his little sheep hooves. The audience is now on their feet, clapping along to a beat with your muse. The director comes in. Uh, the curtain goes down. Thunderous applause. <laughs> and scene. Wow. You nailed it. Wow. Good work. Yeah, I just I just w- w- wing that. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that went better than it should have. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you have the chops. <laughs> All right. So oh boy. I think it's blatantly obvious. We don't really know. We, what we this. don't know what this is about. So let's watch a trailer. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. For over 50 years, Walt Disney has turned great stories into unforgettable animated motion pictures. Now the tradition continues as Walt Disney Pictures proudly presents a new twist on the classic story of Oliver. Oh, Oliver. Come on, let's see them. I love a story. So it is City Pets. Oliver, the little orphan who fell in with Fagin, the Dodger, and a gang of canine con artists out to take New York for all it's worth. It's worthless. What kind of work do we do anyway? Investment banking, man. (laughs) Stop. That's Cheech and Chong. Let's get out of here. Oliver. The heroic kitten who was catapulted into a whole new world. What is the meaning of this? A whole new world. I see you met Oliver. The little furball. Only to be rescued by his gang of friends. I just want to go back. Walt Disney Pictures presents our 27th full-length animated motion picture featuring songs performed by Billy Joel, Huey Lewis, Ruth Pointer, and Bette Midler. Bette Midler and Huey Lewis? Your family is cordially invited to meet our new family. Oliver, Jenny, Georgette, Tito, the Dodger, Fagin, Rita, and Sykes, the vicious villain determined to destroy Oliver. They're all together in a holiday entertainment event you'll never forget. Absolutely, absolutely. Walt Disney Pictures, Oliver and Company. Wow. Okay, so Oliver Twist. It's Oliver Twist, but it's a cat. That's the twist. Uh, I see what <laughs> they did there. I this is. I am actually crazy excited to see this. Really? This might be the hidden gem. Okay. That I've been missing okay. on my Disney lineup. Uh, for me, it was Victory Through Air Power, but yeah, I know that how was much my hidden gem. That movie really got to you. Yeah, it's weird that you keep saying <laughs> lines every night, though. But Victory Through <laughs> Air Power. Oh boy! On that note, I say let's watch this movie. Let's do it.
It's time for the movie! Which remote do we use again? I'll get the popcorn! There can be spoilers! We'll be back in... Alright, we're back. We just finished. 1988 Oliver and Company. And as a super special treat, we have piped in a New York expert as a guest, Mr. Steven. How are you, friend? Hello, I'm doing excellent. How are you? Wonderful. Uh, just finished Oliver and Co. I've never seen it. Have you? I don't think I have either. First time viewers all the way around. Yeah, I thought maybe I'd seen it, but watching it, I'm like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> How could you forget that um, Billy Joel music? <laughs> we were just talking about how forgettable the music is <laughs> it's so 80s tastic and all of the songs kind of blend into each other yeah it's true i thought it was funny the song um let's see what's the line where he says i've got street savoir fair and i thought that was such a funny line for a <laughs> kids movie song <laughs> like that's the main line in the chorus of the song and then it's reprised at the end is that the one where they're like dancing down the street the gang well is. all the songs they're doing that but oh, yes that's a good point maybe that's the reason the songs were so forgettable is it was really just like dogs prancing in new york city for all of them yeah which i kind of love actually but yeah, I felt great about this movie. I the everything from the art to the not the music, but the story, the attitude, the star power. I just I put, put a smile on my face. Bet Midler, folks. Bet Midler. <laughs> Bet Midler. Okay, should we do a rundown <laughs> on what an overview, what this this movie was? Yeah. In a nutshell, this was Charles Dickens Oliver Twist, which is the story of a young orphan boy who falls in with a gang of thieves and then through mere chance happens to be adopted by a wealthy family. And then the gang of thieves come back in and it's a whole thing, but it ends happily. This movie is exactly that, except instead of a little orphan boy, it's a little orphan cat. Aw. This movie is based on the Charles Dickens book not the Charles Dickens book based on this movie. No. Yeah. That is a common misconception. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, people get that confused all the time, yeah. but Charles Dickens did write Oliver Twist first. Did Charles Dickens give his review of this movie? Uh, I think he gave it like a 68%. Yeah. Okay. Well, he got royalties, I'm sure. Yeah. He, he, um, <laughs> <laughs> had a vested interest yes <laughs> yeah he he did want it to succeed after all um mm. not as wordy as his original uh, take on oliver twist so this movie starts off with the saddest slash happiest thing i've seen and that is a box full of kittens on new york a new york street and going to our our new york expert Steven, have you ever seen a box of kittens in New York City? Um, 
I mean, it's hard to walk down the street without tripping over a box of kittens. <laughs> so, yeah, all the time. Okay. And have enough. you ever stopped to adopt a kitten out of the box of kittens? Yeah, pretty regularly. I mean, everybody here has several cats. So. <laughs> well, you've got to. Yeah. You can't just leave them out there. It's a, it's a thriving cat ecosystem here. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. They make it look like it's kind of a wasteland for poor little Oliver. So I'm glad to hear reality is quite different. Yeah, but boy, that was an emotional roller coaster with the the joys of cats being kittens being adopted and then poor Oliver all alone in the rain. Yeah, he was was the one not chosen. And we also, Jay and I have a little orange cat who happened to be sitting on my lap all throughout this movie. It was arguably he was watching it and enjoying the whole thing so i feel like he went on this journey with us probably much more personal for for him oh yeah Yeah. hit home i'm sure well he i mean he probably went through a similar experience so he probably was really feeling that deep down inside i'm sure yes okay little marty so back to our journey box of kittens (laughs) (laughs) Oliver's left alone. Starts raining. And then he his box dithers away. And he decides to try and make it on his own. You know, what's a kitty going to do? And lo and behold, not two, two shakes of a cat's tail later, Billy Joel's character shows up. His name's Dodger, the dog. And they decide He's to... He's the coolest dog in the world. Oh, yeah. Like the coolest New York dog you can have. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they decide to swindle a hot dog salesman out of his sausages. Mm -hmm. Two-man gig. And it goes pretty well, except Dodger ends up walking away with 100% of the loot. He's he's wearing it as a scarf. Yes. But links of sausages. And he's like, no way, kid. I'm not giving you my sausages after Oliver has helped him. And then he sings a song. The the most forgettable song. (laughs) Called Why Should I Worry? Where he rides a piano up and jumps around. Goes under a sunglasses vendor. It is Billy Joel. And he has to sing. It's New York. Yeah. And he has to play the piano at some point. Yeah, you're right. It makes We cut to Oliver chasing dodge to get his fair share of of the wieners and dodge leads him to the dog hangout where there's a lot of other lost dogs including cheech marin's tito uh a little chihuahua dom deloise's fagin oh that's there that's the guy guy. yeah uh roscoe by Torin Black and uh, some others. Uh, there were a lot yeah, of dogs. A lot of dogs. Yeah. And their job is to find valuable things for Fagin. So uh, the Rudy Giuliani lookalike doesn't break his kneecaps. And now it, it turns out Fagin, the dog owner of this like outcast group, is in trouble because he owes money to this character. Sykes. Sykes. Mr. Sykes. Uh, and, and his scary Doberman dogs. Exactly. Now, 
The New York plate on the back of Mr. Sykes' car reads Doberman. I don't know. I Wait, hold on, hold on a second. Yeah, sure. If you have more than one Doberman, is it Dobermen or Dobermans? Ooh, that's a that's a great question, Andrea. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. It seems like it should be Dobermen. I would think so. Think yeah. Yes. But I think it's we're probably the actually theory. the other one. Doberman's. I don't like that. Dobermans. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like one it day. at all. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's stay with Doberman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, and I think Sykes looks like Rudy Giuliani, only like really buff and big. He's kind of got so that funny. look to him. I kept thinking he looks like Michael Bloomberg. Oh, maybe he just looks like all the New York mayors. They all kind of look gangster. Yeah, maybe he's and- an amalgamation of. New York City mayors. Kind of th- Although this would have been long before Bloomberg was the mayor. Yeah, who was uh, mayor at the time this was made? Actually, this was probably before Giuliani. I Probably like Ed, Ed Koch. Oh. Um, what does he look like? Probably the same guy. Okay, I'm looking um, it up. New York mayor. He does have the same haircut. The, the bald with side hair going. 1988. Let's see who it was. Yep. Yeah, Ed. Who doesn't look like doesn't look like the dude. Okay. So anyway, the Sykes looks like he's probably a part of the Italian mafia. Maybe. Um, a lot of money, a lot of Dobermen. <laughs> and Thank you. He's ready yeah. to crush some skulls if he doesn't get his money back. Okay, so. N- Now, in the story, Oliver and the gang feel like, oh, man, we need one more big, you know, score to go go make some money for Fagan so his kneecaps don't get broken. And so they go out there and they play this game in traffic where they pretend to one dog runs into a, a rich looking car and suddenly the car stops. They, he fakes injury while the other dogs go into the car. And try and steal the electronics. Which, the radio and <laughs> the tape deck. It's a yeah. little <laughs> racist because this is where uh, Cheech, Cheech's character, uh, Tito, is like stealing cars. I don't know if that's a bad stereotype or or what i think pretty much all the dogs in this movie were stereotypes so that that i don't know that that makes it okay but yeah they all kind of were playing their stereotypes lo and behold in the back of the car was a little girl and her parents were so rich and so successful that they have abandoned her almost on her birthday they're like off in europe somewhere and she's all alone and Yes, Jenny Foxworth is her name. Yes. Uh-oh. Fun fact, and this maybe should be in the facts section, but I saw that they originally were going to make this kind of a rescuer's follow-up, and instead mm-hmm. of Jenny, that was supposed to be Penny. Really? And she had been adopted, and now she was rich, but she was still kind of alone and could talk to animals and stuff. But then they kind of abandoned that, and they turned it back into Jenny. Still, there are resemblances. Interesting. So this little girl happens to see 
the cat in the front. Oliver's left behind. Tito gets electrocuted and like zaps out the door and shoots up a light pole. And I said, Andrea, I don't think this is how electricity works. And <laughs> and then the little girl falls in love with Oliver. Oliver is really cute. He is very tiny, still in that kitten yeah. face. Which Oliver's voiced by a very young Joey Lawrence. Which Andrea doesn't know who is. I don't know who Joey Lawrence is. Apparently he's a big star or something. Big Disney star. I recognize the name. What else is he in? He's been in he was in Blossom. His I think his big catchphrase was catchphrase was something like Hey or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and the the Lawrence brothers had their own show on Disney for a while. Where they were mechanics or something, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a it was a thing. And he, I think he later went on to star in some ABC sitcom. He he has some work uh, under him, so he's done some uh, things. I just haven't Melissa seen. Melissa and Joey starring Melissa Joan Hart. Ah, yeah, on ABC Family. Still, I think Joey's career is on the down downward. Oh, uh, you yeah. don't know that. I do know it's that. It's in a lull. <laughs> Maybe we'll it's in that. a lull. <laughs> anyway, so where are we? What's going on with this? Okay, story? so Cat gets adopted, taken home to this uh, Fifth Avenue brownstone. Probably, It's a very nice mansion on Fifth Avenue. So, Stephen, tell us about Fifth Avenue. Is it full of mansions? Um, so, historically, yes, there were mansions all along fifth avenue now most of them have been torn down and replaced with smaller apartment buildings but it's still like historically you know one of the most addresses in the city is it near Uh, central park yeah so i looked up the address Uh and it is it's at 94th street and fifth avenue and so it's it's like on looking central park right by the reservoir which you see she's in at one point in the movie. Nice. Um, yeah, they show a whole montage where she and the kitty are like playing at Central Park and licking ice yeah. cream and in a boat. And so this is a stuff. very nice part of the Upper East Side. Wow. And a very nice house. So Oliver's new life is perfect except for Georgette. And Georgette is a dog that uh, I guess the parents are claiming a very successful show dog played by bet midler i think she's a poodle i think a poodle and she has like seven awards and so many blue ribbons and very full of herself very very perfect for bet midler and she does not like sharing the house with a little cat it's funny how poodles are always stuck up in movies do you think that's accurate to real life? I don't have much poodle experience. My neighbor had a poodle. It was okay. Like, I don't know that it was a true poodle, but I think it has the most pretentious haircuts. I think yeah. my mom had a poodle growing up, and I, I think it was nice. So, Like, you don't see poodles in movies that are just cool and relatable. They're all, like, <laughs> stuck pretentious. It must be the haircuts. Yeah, you're you're right. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Georgette 
has a plan or just despises this cat and eventually hatches a plan. And this plan uh, kind of comes to fru- fruition when the previous dog gang, led by Billy Joel's, like, let's go get all of them. Let's rescue him. And so they show up to this fancy Fifth Avenue house and basically take Oliver back. Meanwhile, uh, side note, Tito falls in love with Georgette. So I, I want to point out, I think they're totally gaslighting Oliver because they're kind of not really treating him very well. Like they're not welcoming him in the incident where they try and steal the electronics. Tito was supposed to be looking out for him, but he's just sort of lets him get captured and forgets him. But then all of a sudden they They are telling him, this is is your home. Why are you abandoning us? When when he's been there for like all of 12 hours, maybe. Yeah. And finally he, Oliver catches a break and gets adopted by this family that will take him in and love him. And they're like, Hey, why are you abandoning us? It's, it's really not cool. Yeah. I would say that they made a mistake. The gang made a mistake, but I will say they were in hard times. And if they needed help from the upper crest, maybe Oliver, (laughs) Oliver was the ticket. Well, and I'll say in the original Dickens story, it followed that same pattern where he was in with a gang of pickpockets and gets adopted and the pickpockets come back and they're like, Hey man, you think you're too good for us now? And they try and steal them back basically. Uh, But they weren't very like best frenzy with him when he was actually with them. So I think it's, it's more motivated by, Hey, he's rich now. Let's get in with him. Yeah, that could be. Uh, Georgette's like, hey, here's the cat and throws it in a pillow and throws it out the window and away it goes uh, along with all the other dogs. Well, they make it back to the secret hideout. And where where is this? Is this Brooklyn? Is this in your neck It it looked like it was kind of under the Brooklyn Bridge, but I don't know. Stephen, did you recognize it? I was trying to decide. Um, I think it's probably, I mean, it's, they're kind of by the docks, like on the waterfront. So it's probably either on the west side, like in Hell's Kitchen, or on the east side, maybe like in Murray Hill or Kipps Bay, which might even make sense because they're because the um, the Fox Foxworth Mansion is in the Upper East Side. Mm. Um, so they'd stay but, on but the it, east. it's still in Manhattan though because they go like the whole movie is in Manhattan until they go over the Brooklyn bridge, which is a whole nother thing to talk about <laughs> later. <laughs> um, okay. So they're, they're in their boat and everybody's trying to figure out how to get money because, and our, Oliver's like, I just want to go back to, why'd you get me out of my Jenny? House, why'd know? you take me away from Jenny? I was happy. And then they see the collar. Fifth Avenue. And, and might be gold. Fagin, the human, sees Oliver and says, Hey, this cat's now worth something. I can go scrub my debts with, oh, what's his name? Sky, uh, Sykes. Sykes. And Sykes. pretty I won't much. Get my kneecaps broken. Hooray. Which is a ridiculous. 
ridiculous plan thinking, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to kidnap this kitten that this girl found just like a couple days ago and then try and demand enough ransom to pay off whatever huge amount of debt he owes. Like, this is not going to go well. Yeah, it totally backfires on him because she shows up. She doesn't have any money. She has her little piggy bank. And well, yeah. she comes alone. Like, she must not have told the, the butler. Or He was looking for her rich parents, not for a little girl to show up. Yeah. but So, instant regret. Fagin feels bad. He pretends to find the cat and gives it back to her. But Sykes is watching the whole thing. And he knows the value is not in the cat. The value is in the little girl. And steals the girl. Bam, kidnapped. Now what follows is a chase scene that I (laughs) can only imagine happens almost daily in New York City. Yep, pretty much. (laughs) The uh, Sykes car is chasing... Oh, we're not there yet, though. They go back to Sykes' hideout, and there's some, like, hijinks in his hideout, and then the chase scene. Yeah, there's hijinks in the hideout, and then the big chase scene where... They pull the same move as before. Like, this, Oliver and company has this move down. They, They do something to distract someone, and then they all sneak in behind them. They've done this like three or four times in the movie. It's kind of their signature move. But it, it keeps working, so yeah, it's effective. So they sneak out of the uh, hideout with Ginny. They rescue Ginny. And they're all on this like three-wheeler like thing that it's all it's a yeah it's like a little scooter with a giant basket where all the dogs ride sykes car follows this which is like a big cadillac or something it's huge it's following them they go down into the subway they go on the tracks let's let's yes steven talk us through this chase he drives a car down (laughs) <laughs> into the Times Square subway station. Which there are no people the- down there. Yeah, like normally one, it would be crowded with lots of people. And number two, you can't like maneuver a car through stairwells like that. Like it would be several levels down. Yeah, it was it was very odd. Once that car decided to jump on the tracks, its tires that are rubber disappeared leaving the the rims the rims perfectly aligned on the tracks uh, yeah for i guess convenience i guess but he he's now chasing in the tunnels and what's funny is his doper man's dogs doper uh, men men yeah. uh, dogs <laughs> Roscoe and DeSoto <laughs> yes <laughs> Like fall off in during this chase and get electrocuted by the tracks, which was horrifying. They die. And yeah. what what I thought was interesting is like I've been watching Tito get electrocuted pretty much every time he chews a wire, and <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. And then I see these Doberman fall and get electrocuted on the tracks. I'm like, oh, this is rough. 
I, I will say I did enjoy the car chase on in a subway tunnel. It's not something I think I've seen before, and it was kind of a fun scene. It, it just wasn't realistic, but it, like it's completely ridiculous, but it was still a fun scene to watch. Well, and, and just from a pacing standpoint, it went from like, oh, no, the, uh, there's a lost pet to, oh, no, there's a, a girl being uh, almost ransomed to a giant chase scene without yeah. the butler even being involved. And um, the big climax is at the bridge where they meet an oncoming train. And somehow because of the little scooter, the scooter is able to jump from the tracks to like, I don't even know what you call that part of the bridge. That's like a giant, like metal yeah, rope that a suspension wire, Yeah, suspension wire. Yeah. And the oncoming train just turns the Cadillac into dust. It is a fatality for sure. Yeah. Um, so the thing that doesn't make sense here is there's no subway on the Brooklyn bridge. Oh, really? Oh, was there ever a subway on the Brooklyn bridge? No, it, it's, it's not built for that. There's no trains on the Brooklyn bridge. Could there be so another bridge that kind of looks like the Brooklyn bridge? No, it was very distinctly the Brooklyn bridge okay. because, huh. um, because of the arched, um, the arched uh, openings on yeah. the bridge support in the middle and like kind of the brick texture and all that. Yeah, like it's, it's clearly distinctive. Um, but the subway doesn't go there. You can't get there from the Times Square subway tunnel. It doesn't so that's a that's a subway fail there from the movie. They didn't do the research. I think they they probably knew the subway doesn't go on the Brooklyn Bridge. They just wanted an iconic, recognizable New York bridge. And they wanted a subway uh, chase. So okay. they just kind of took some creative license, which is fine, I guess, because this movie is not, you know, contingent on realism. No, it's definitely not. not. But it's very New York heavy, even including stars like Billy Joel and Bette Midler. I think yeah. that's from New York. Uh, I yeah. think she was active on Broadway. Yeah. So, yeah, she would be there. Um, uh, they, they are saved. There is a birthday party that includes all the dogs and Francis and everybody's happy. Oliver's returned to his house. Penny's returned. The parents are coming home. Everything's a win. Everything's good. And that's a credit. Okay. Here's the thing for me. Like this whole movie there's like really exciting and on paper it should be an exciting thing. But for me, it fell kind of flat. And I don't know if that's because I didn't really know the characters enough to care about what happened to them. Or I don't know, something in the story just wasn't quite right where, where the stakes didn't feel important to me. I'm not going to disagree. Like it, it, I wasn't super invested. It felt like a Saturday morning cartoon. There was, um, what's interesting though, is the previous movie, the black cauldron was, was that the previous? Yeah. No, a uh, great oh, mouse detective. Great mouse detective. Yeah. yeah it, uh, I don't know. It's like, I'm watching 
Disney evolve and becoming better and stronger and taking this ser- more seriously. Yeah. They went from someplace really dark and like Fox and the Hound to something that was confusing and the Black Cauldron and and great mouse detectives getting legs and this felt very 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 safe. So this is like in baseball where they have the the rebuilding years. Where they're just yeah. like assembling the team and figuring out what they can do. And they've got to churn out something because they got to make money. But maybe this was not their magnum opus. Yeah, I think safe is a good descriptor of this movie. Yeah, I, I felt like it. I agree with you all. I It had some fun moments for sure. Like I like seeing um, New York City animated in the 80s with some like some jazzy music like there's there's some fun segments but i agree it was kind of kind of fell flat the story was pretty predictable um but but yeah it's it's not in the top 10 for sure but it had a few good moments yeah i agree well i think it is time for us to jump into here are true facts about oliver Oliver and company company. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I'll throw it over to you first, Stephen. See if you've got some facts. Oh, um, sure. So this was the first Disney animated film to include real-world advertisements in it. So I you noticed, noticed Coke. Yeah, like yeah. There's Coca-Cola. There are a lot of Sony ads. There's some Kodak, USA Today, some Tab. Everyone's favorite. Yeah, dice. we saw Tab. <laughs> yeah, etc. Um, and according to the Wikipedia entry, it says that this was done for realis- realism. It was not paid product placement because ah. they were saying that they could not imagine it to feel like New York City without having real advertisements in it. Very good point. Uh-huh. Uh, I got a fun one. Okay. This is the first Disney film to have its own department set up ex- Impressively for the purpose of generating computer animation. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely noticed some scenes like like the overhead um, city shots seem like they were kind of that smooth 3D animated hybrid stuff sort of um, that you see in other Disney movies shortly after this occasionally. Yeah. Um, also, I noticed in the... Um, like the subway scene, like when they first get to the station, the way the subway trains were kind of rocking back and forth, it looked very smooth, like like it was some sort of 3D effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there were some dog cameos in this movie. I don't know if you noticed, but early on we could see Pongo from 101 Dalmatians. Really? Uh, and what? then there were also a couple of the dogs from Ladies, Lady and the Tramp that were uh, towards the beginning of the movie when, when they were just I, I dogs. I saw one that looked familiar. Yeah. Um, where was Pongo? Was Pongo? Um, I remember seeing him towards the beginning, and I'm like, boy, that looks just like Pongo. And then I looked it up, and yep, that was they just used the exact same. Do you think that was on purpose or do you think the actor who played Pongo was just in the shot when they filmed it? (laughs) He just happened to wander through. He's looking to rekindle his career. He's just living his New York City life when they were (laughs) filming the movie. 
<laughs> it's possible. Anything's possible. <laughs> um, here's another good one. This film was released November 18th, 1988. It was released the exact same day as The Land Before Time. What? Yeah. Directly wow. competing in the box office with Land Before Time. Which, I don't know about you, as a kid, I loved Land Before Time. And I never saw Oliver and Company. So I'm wondering how they held up against each other. Well, I don't believe Oliver and Company has any sequels. And The Land Before Time has about <laughs> of them. So, if measure of how successful the first one was, then I would say Land Before Time. It has, maybe. like... <laughs> 48 right sequel <laughs> uh, yeah i think that's safe to say um, although this does say oliver and company outgrossed the land before time in the u.s with oh. a total of 53 million compared to the land before time totaled at 46 million wow that is shocking so, huh oh i got one like many pre-1989 Disney films, the video release of Oliver and Company was delayed for years. Despite this film being released in 1988 and being a commercial success, it was not released on video until 1996. Whoa. Mm. No. Maybe another reason we didn't see it as kids is it, it wasn't on those little VHS tapes. Was this the Disney vault? Like maybe yes. someone got to get it out of the vault and then they shut the door for five years. It's like a time capsule. Mickey-shaped safe or vault doors. I mean, it's no joke. It's hard to open. Yeah. yeah. Oh, side note, I really enjoyed how Fagan had a Mickey Mouse watch. Did yeah, I saw that. That was nice. That was fun. I love that. Okay, so the since the film came out in November... McDonald's sold Christmas musical ornaments containing Oliver and Dodger. And this was the start of a multi-year agreement of joint promotions with McDonald's. Nice. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, I think we have time for uh, a couple more. I got a short one. Uh, Whitney Houston was considered for the role of Rita. Oh. I could see it working. Yeah, they probably couldn't get her. Yeah, she's yeah. probably pretty expensive at this time. Yeah. She doing the bodyguard probably. in 1988. Uh, Siskel and Ebert. Uh, Siskel gave this film a thumbs down. What he a said jerk. the story was too fragmented. Ebert gave it a marginal thumbs up. He <sighs> described the film as harmless and inoffensive. High praise. <laughs> okay. Um, so another fun fact is apparently the director used a technique that they also use for Lady and the Tramp, Lady and the Tramp, where they photographed scenes from New York City on real streets, but 18 inches off the ground to give a reference point for the animators of what the city looks like from a dog's eye view. Oh, clever. Very clever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt like they did a good job of that, of really showing this is what the city looks like. Down you know, here, yeah. Or a foot or two off the ground. Hmm. 
that's a perspective I've not really seen, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess you could spend more time just kind of crawling on your stomach. But (laughs) in New York. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have one more, Andrea? One more. Okay. At one point, the dog gang was going to include a golden retriever named Sally. Really? What but, happened? Uh, they decided there were too many dogs already, and they had to cut some characters. It was a lot of dogs. Yeah, maybe should have cut one or two more. But <laughs> yeah, interesting. All right, our next segment. I'm get, it's throwing it to Stephen, but here we go. Wheel of morality, turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. Moral number one, and the moral of today's story is. All right, Stephen, what is the moral of Oliver and Company? Oh, um, I'd say fairs are for tourists. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. He's, he's not wrong. <laughs> Life isn't fair. Fairs are for tourists. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I like it. Also, don't borrow money from the mafia. Yeah, that's <laughs> and and be wary about adopting cats off the street. I don't know. That cat brought a lot of drama with it. Yeah, I really. Yeah, did. I, I think I think one of the big takeaways here is if someone is adopting cats from a box and there's two left, just take both of them. Don't leave the one cat by itself. Yeah, that's just sad. I was thinking if I was the person who put the cats in the box and put the thing out, I couldn't leave it with just one cat in there. I wouldn't walk away. Somebody did that. Yeah. It's very odd. Like, well, I guess this cat will just fend for itself from now on. I'm going home. (laughs) (laughs) Going to grab one of these hot dogs and go home. Yep. Oh, Oh, man. Well... Real quick personal story. Jay and I adopted two kitties a couple of years back. And we were only looking for one. And they led us back to this laundry room and this sad, tiny little cage. In the mall. <laughs> it, it was an uh, adoption place in the mall. And they were in this sad little back room with the laundry machine. And it was two brothers. And we're like, we can't take one and not the other. We just didn't yeah, have it in to, us. Yeah, so we took both. Family. So we've got a little orange cat and a little gray one, and they're brothers. That's all right. And sometimes best friends. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> all right. Well, that leads us to the end of the show. Everyone, thanks for listening, Stephen. What a joy to have you on the show. It was a, yeah. a blast. Always happy to be here. <laughs> Great. Well our next episode finally the little mermaid the little mermaid get excited people the disney renaissance is upon us all right well thanks for listening and have a good week everyone